The American dream has become a nightmare. Signs of the time are on cardboard on corners in town. Like a cancer that's silently spreading, there's an unspoken fear. We're on our way down. We must eat America back. Main Street to Wall Street, cities and states, Washington D.C. Before it's too late, there's not long. We need leaders who lead us, not stick us and bleed us, then ransom our future and our children's. That's wrong. We must eat America back as liberty weeps. Our forefathers spin in their graves. Pray God will bless some way out of this mess. We must take America back. All right, we're back. Second hour of the National Intel Report on this Thursday, 20th of August, 2020. I'm your host, John Statmiller. Be with you for the next hour, and we will take phone calls. I want to hear from first-time callers. New perspectives, new voices. I know you're out there. Brave new world. Health experts. You know, anything goes today, folks. We got a problem? Ah, We got a solution. It might be wacko, it might be crazy, but hey... We got a solution. Health experts are now (laughs) proposing that we need to spike the water supply with lithium to stop COVID-19 suicides. (laughs) How about you stop the COVID crap? And let's get back to the business of living life. How's that one? If I had time, I'll get into a few of these stories. If not, well... Hasbro, you know, folks, you know, it, it's kind of funny. Don't, aren't we awash in these stories that these people want to change the outlook uh, sexually of our children starting at kindergarten? You know, confuse the kids about innies and outies, boys and girls, and they just want to mix all that up. How much reporting have you heard on the news about that? Which is going on in way too many school districts throughout this country, but it's never mentioned. Thank you for controlled media. Perception becomes your reality, right? Mm-hmm. Well, Hasbro is recalling a toy, and the reason they're calling it, I guess some people start complaining. Uh, they made a toy doll with a secret button on the private area that makes dolls gasp and giggle. Yeah. That's exactly what I want to give a child. Or in San Francisco, Senator Scott Weiner, that's an apt name, uh, introduced a bill to decriminalize men having sex with boys. Oh, there's your uh, mm-hmm. Ruth Bader Ginsburg husband, Nambla kind of guy. And in New York, we got a story up that shows the pictures of New York City. People are leaving that city in droves. 
it looks like a boarded up, as one person called it, a boarded up Beirut. Businesses are boarding up and they ain't coming back. Hotels, there's going to be, last count, 4,000 hotels are going to have to close down because of the stupid COVID-19. See, this is why I was talking last hour why it's important to get this information to people, to change the narrative about this COVID-19 crap. Enough. Enough. It was way too much to even suggest it, let alone do it, and they're still doing it. Well, Ben Swan. has interviewed the guy that made Pandemic 2. Here is his presentation. This is the guy who tried to get on air and he's booked for the next two and a half months. We are creating a media company that is not simply for the people, but is being created by the people. That is okay, power. Okay, I'm going hey to there, skip Vince your Swan commercial here. I'm so excited here. to... Uh, to join our... Sorry. We are creating a media company. All right, let's get past this. We and are it's not going to let me do it, so folks are going to have to hear the ad. The people, but is being created He's using by tactics the like uh, that the other... Power. Hey there, guys. Ben Swan here. I'm so excited to announce to you today uses. the launch of ISE. You're going to hear media. our ad, whether ice, you like it or not. ISE. Okay, Ben, I'm going to... media is a... New platform that we have created to combat the vast censorship going... Ben, yeah, okay. (laughs) We'll we'll let you do your commercial, but uh, it's going to be in silence here. (laughs) What's that? No, it won't. It won't let me scroll it over because when you stop and you take the pointer off, it goes right back to zero and plays all over again. No, no, no. I tried going all the way to the end, leave a few seconds left. Uh Uh-uh. You take the cursor off, it goes right back to the beginning. Well, of course it's my browser. It's always my browser. All right. Can you play that from... Go ahead and play it from your side. All right. Cue it up and play it on your side. Has the history of the Gates Foundation and vaccines in India and in nations across Africa actually been scrubbed from the Internet? And so we literally had to go to the people in India who were there, part of the parliament, to say, none of this stuff exists online anymore. And they say, yeah, we know. It's gone. All the girls that were harmed and all the court cases that we had televised and all of that, it's, it, it's, there's nowhere to be found. My exclusive interview with the director and maker of Plandemic 2 about what he has found and what he says 10 years ago existed that today simply you can't find online. Hey 
Hey guys, welcome to the show. So glad you're with us. And today, this part of our exclusive interview, this is part two, by the way, of our interview with Mickey Willis. He is the writer, creator, director of Plandemic 2, Indoctrination. And we wanted to talk specifically about a section of the movie that was so critically important. And it is the section that focuses on Bill Gates and the Gates Foundation and their work with vaccines in India and on the continent of Africa. Before we get to that, I want to give a shout out to our sponsor for this episode, ISE.media, our new free speech platform that we have created to push back against tech censorship and the deplatforming of so many content creators and information gatherers and truth tellers across the internet. I don't have to explain to you what's happening. You see it happening every single day. And the great news here is that you can be part of the Equity Crowdfund to help launch this site. Become an actual investor in the company and own a piece of a free speech network that is not just for the people, but brought by the people. Take a look at this. The Indian Parliament formed a committee and it was to me a rather surprising move because you generally don't often have such a high-level inquiry into matters affecting poor people. And that was such an extraordinary report. I don't think Indian Parliament has ever come out with such a scathing report. And the government officials came up and said, we shouldn't have authorized this. We're sorry. We're not going to allow them again. And now they're back. And joining us to discuss is none other than the writer and director himself, Mickey Willis. Mickey, thanks for being here. I think of everything that was covered in Plandemic 2. And then we hit this moment where you begin to explain about Bill Gates' history in India, his history in Africa. Again, to remind the audience, a man with absolutely no medical training whatsoever. And yet he is imposing Uh, secret tests and vaccinations without consent and even without disclosure to children in these uh, the continent of Africa and then in the country of India. Can you share a little bit about this? Because you mentioned that, um, you know, this is stuff that's been wiped from the Internet. How long have you studied it? And and what are the facts surrounding this that essentially have been erased from history? Well, I I began researching Bill Gates, uh, the vaccine situation, before the birth of my first child. He's now nine, so about 10 years ago, and and ended up going really deep in that rabbit hole. And there was so much information that was available then that somehow has disappeared today. And that I found very shocking because I assumed that once we jumped into Plandemic 1 and Plandemic 2 that I'd be able to find everything that I found nine, ten years ago regarding India, regarding Africa, regarding Kenya. And uh, I had dozens of researchers on it, and they would come back and just say, I, 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 I find people talking about it, you know, but I don't find any of the actual data, the, 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 the documents or anything else like that, and, and no video. There's no video of the, of the heart. And I said, oh, there's video all over the place. I, I've seen it. No, it's not there anymore. And so we, we started to make calls and line up interviews for people that were there, direct witnesses. And so we, um, we spoke with a man who actually initiated the um, investigation in India through the parliament. And they discovered after a very thorough, and his words, scathing report that came from this investigation that not only had the Gates Foundation and the organizations that he was partnered with, uh, not only did they lie and and... And, and say that they weren't doing trials, 
but they also told um, the thousands of young, mostly women, that were involved in these trials that they were just getting wellness shots. They called it a well-being shot. So mm -hmm. a shot that would just, it's vitamins, it's going to make you healthier and be able to withstand your harsh environment here. And they had wranglers go into these villages of the poorest people within India, and they, they wrangled kids out, and they, they told the, uh, the parents who were Ill illiterate, not even able to sign their own names, you know, they gave a thumbprint at the very most, or, or with zero consent at all, you know, that we're just taking your kids for this, you know, for this wellness shot, it's all good, and they're going to be fine, we'll, we'll bring them right back, with no consent. So they said, okay, and, and some of the girls didn't make it back. And a lot of them made it back, but not on their own two legs, because they ended up paralyzed because of the situation. And the numbers. And when you are, say when you say paralyzed, they were actually be giving, being given HPV shots. Is that what they were being given? Correct. And so there and, were. And, yeah. Go ahead. And so it, that resulted in paralysis. In in, in mass sterilization, uh, the paralysis paralysis happened mostly in in Africa, but there were a lot of ailments that took place that enabled their their bodies to function in in normal ways. And and I mean thousands. I mean upwards of half a million. And so this became a, a massive issue in this, the one particular trial where seven girls had died, um, the one that they had the parliament investigation around, uh, they, they, they found, you know, that people had been bribed, that nothing was done. Um, and again, in, in, in the man's words that I interviewed, um, Dr. Collin, um, he said that they were surprised to see American companies acting in ways as barbaric as India can be. He said they were just barbaric in, in, in the way they moved into the country and the way they lied and the politicians that had been bribed. And, and when, once this report came out, they vowed to never allow them back and to never allow this again. And there were, there were no kind of um, uh, awards to any of the kids that were damaged, any of the women that were damaged. And, uh, and suddenly all that has changed. And he wanted to speak with me on camera because he said, they're back again. The, the one thing that they said they wouldn't do, it, they're doing now, they're back. So um, just to be clear, so the, the half million was in just India alone? Were those half a million girls in India alone? That was were, India alone. And, and you said that they were essentially being sterilized. That's actually the, the end result of what happened with those shots? They were being sterilized? Yeah, in a lot of these cases, what the, the, the outcome is sterilization because, you know, there are a lot of this is where we get into theories, but I would say at this sure. point it's provable theories, that there really is an agenda uh, um, to curb the population of these third world countries. And there are a lot of reasons for that. And some of the reasons are benevolent. Some of the reasons are because if they, the populations get too large, they can't sustain themselves. They don't have enough resources. Um, and then the other side of it is not so benevolent. It's, right. it's really about controlling populations um, and taking, taking control of their resources, which we've been doing, this nation has been doing for decades, forever. Yeah. And there's, when, if you look at the K Kissinger report, which is also featured in Plandemic 2, mm -hmm. you see right in the text that they literally had an agenda in Africa to um, decrease the population because of its minerals and because of its resources. It says right in the Kissinger report. Yeah, I, th I thought that was absolutely shocking as well. Uh, one more question on, on India, though. Um, you mentioned that they were not allowed to come back, that they being the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Was it Gavi that was not allowed to come back? And uh, so which group were you talking about specifically, or is it both? 
It's it's both. As, uh, from what I understand, all of the above. The all okay. of the groups that were tied to these trials. This one particular tia, uh, trial where seven girls died, and they denied that it had anything to do with the vaccines. Just suddenly, random, randomly, these gr- healthy girls hmm. perished. Um, uh, that particular trial, the one that they did the Parliament uh, report on, they had all said that they they are not allowed back, and the Indian government made apologies and said, we're sorry for allowing this, and it won't happen again. And it's happening right now. And when you say they are back, is this the first time, because of COVID-19, because of coronavirus, is this the first time Gates Foundation has been allowed to even be involved in anything medically in India? Is it as a result of COVID-19? I don't know if there's anything uh, in between that parliament inquiry and COVID-19. If they'd been back before then, I don't know that answer. But um, it's absolutely because of COVID-19 that they have India whipped up in such hysteria that suddenly the people who said they would never do it again are now in line um, and literally being used as guinea pigs for the first trials. Okay, and let's talk about Africa. So in watching the movie, it was difficult for me to tell exactly what had happened. Obviously, you had so much to cover. And so I want to get into a little bit of detail on this because we see images of children who are paralyzed. We see images of children who can barely walk. What, what are those images that we're seeing? And how is that related to the Gates Foundation? Well, that was related to the oral polio vaccine that was administered um, and I, more than once in different territories of, of Africa. And... Um, there are still up, those, those were fairly easy to find, a lot of reports that, uh, ha- and studies that have proven that the vaccine itself caused more polio than it, than, it, than it resisted. And so what you have are these young children in this case. In India, it was mostly uh, preteen or teenage girls. In this case, it was babies, small children in Africa mm-hmm. that were giving these, uh, and teenagers and adults as well, but... But the children really were hit the hardest, and they were given these oral um, polio vaccines, to which we have on, you know, Bill Gates on camera administering these himself, despite the fact he's not a doctor, literally dumping the vaccine into the mouths of children. And, um, and all they know is that the children, uh, they, they didn't walk after that. And so the, the amount of children who, if they are able to walk, um, uh, they, they take tiny little steps because it, it affected their body in a way that um, is permanent, and it's absolutely traceable to the oral vaccine that they were administered. And yet all of this has been denied, and the, the parents have been fighting forever. And I, I must say that, after, that out of every community that I have uh, interviewed for this movie, the community that is the most fierce, the most outspoken, the most awake is the African community. They're not playing. They've been there. They, they've seen it. They, they protest every single day, and they are warning each other like crazy because they understand that they have been used through generations as, as test subjects. Yeah, I, I think that, you know, to, to see what uh, you all revealed with that uh, was so stunning because, again, I think most Americans, very few, very few, have any reference and point of reference for any of this at all. And unfortunately, it comes with um, kind of the territory of having such poor information about vaccines in general, how they're administered, where they've been administered, and the fact that... We'll pause that right there, pick it up on the other side of the break. We'll be right back.
Ladies and gentlemen, J.R. Moore here. We have a special promotion going on at Republic Broadcasting. This is a fundraiser for Republic Broadcasting involving the energy planner. Mail me a postcard. My address is at my website at thelibertyman.com. We pick a postcard every other Thursday. When your postcard is drawn out, you get to buy an energy planner for $215 instead of $285, $70 discount. $200 goes to Republic Broadcasting. You also get a 10% discount on my mattress pads. So get those postcards in, put your name, your telephone number, your email address on there, and when your postcard is drawn, you get to get an energy cleaner for $215 instead of $285. Mattress pads, 10% off. Help us out at Republic Broadcasting and help yourself to get an energy cleaner at a deep discount. It's a win-win situation for everybody. We hope you can get these postcards in soon. Thank you very much. Folks, we're living in a world the likes of which we've never perceived any clearer than we do now. The plan for global governance has been in the works for generations and would have likely been achieved by now, but for the fact that the globalists left open their Achilles heel. With all their tools, Federal Reserve System, fiat currency, no child left behind, and then common core education introduced to our schools to dumb us down, vaccines, pharmaceuticals to lobotomize us, GMO foods, insertion of compromised or bought and paid for politicians, judges, mainstream media propaganda, all pieced together like a puzzle designed to ultimately bring the world under submission. But with all their strategy, they forgot one thing, knowledge and knowledge is power. With knowledge, their bombardment is nullified. Folks, with that, as brilliant and knowledgeable as you've become, among the wisest audience of any radio audience in the world, and you are, I want you to take a moment to reflect and ask yourself, how much of that knowledge did I obtain from Republic Broadcasting Network? How high has my consciousness been raised since I've been a listener? How fast am I now able to discriminate truth from fake news by being a Republic Broadcasting listener? How clear am I now able to see the world since I've been listening to RBN? Ask yourselves those questions, folks. Then ask yourself, what is that knowledge worth to me? Like my morning coffee, how would I survive without it? A voice of truth and a sea of lies. Do we not all need to make sure it survives? Like public broadcasting, we are now finding we can only survive with listener support. Censorship, advertisers being attacked, truth itself being attacked. It's the only way through this. We at Republic Broadcasting humbly ask you to become a supporter. Look at your budget and make a determination of what Republic Broadcasting is worth to you and what you can afford on a monthly basis. Go to republicbroadcasting.org and pledge 20, 30, 40, 50, if possible, 100 a month or more if it's affordable. Click the Donate button and become a regular monthly donor. Assure both us and yourself that Republic Broadcasting Truth will continue to flow like that morning coffee. The network thanks you. point of reference for any of this at all. And unfortunately, it comes with um, kind of the territory of having such poor information about vaccines in general, how they're administered, where they've been administered, and the fact that you're not allowed to have a discussion about injuries associated with it. You obviously talked a, a bit about the 1986 um, vaccine injury shield that was created uh, by Congress and was signed by President Reagan uh, in the movie. But even, but even to the extent that people just do not have a point of reference for this, I think is so important. And when you, when you hear the comments that, 
Bill and Melinda Gates make about wanting the first COVID-19 vaccine recipients to be black and indigenous. Uh, indigenous people. That was the term that she used. Just look at healthcare workers around the world. They deserve to get the vaccine first. You know, here in the United States, really, it's going to be black people who really should get it first and many indigenous people. That alone, I thought, was a bizarre term to use. The, The terminology was strange. But the fact that they would say that, that has to send chills down the spines of people in countries like, um, Kenya, where they have experienced this before. As the movie is now out, what do you hope will come from it? I I did appreciate that you really attempted at the end of the movie to not end on on a sad note or to end leaving people feeling like they're wringing their hands and saying, we don't know what to do. And you tried to end on the power of the human spirit and the fact that, that in human history, this has happened before, where people have to stand up and come together. What do you hope will come from people seeing this movie? I'll start by saying that if you understand the how Western medicine got to where it is now, if you understand, which we also break down in the film, that there was a concerted effort by John D. Rockefeller to, um, to flip the script on medicine from all of the natural healing remedies that we'd used for thousands of years, as soon as it was discovered that this oil mogul could produce medicine from petroleum, he flipped the entire script and suddenly called the, you know, the old medicines, the ancient medicines, alternative, and these new synthetic medicines, the, the gold standard. And therein is, is the, really the crux, the foundation of when our medical systems went awry. And, and to get us as citizens to believe in these new medicines, they had to get us to disconnect from our nature. And there is, you know, something to be said about the incredible power and intelligence that is this, this planet, this universe, and this thing that sustains our life that we call nature. And, you know, it grows all the food that we need. It provides all the medicine that we need. But we've been told to look away from that and to rely on things that are made in labs and factories. And so what I hope that people do is they understand, I think we've been disempowered to think that we need. I think the game really by, by, these, by the, the, the greedy few that are running the system is to leave us dependent. It's all about dependency. And so we've been told by every billboard, by every you know, television commercial, movie, the messages are everywhere. And we've been inundated since we were old enough to pay attention that we're not quite right and that there's something that we need, other people and devices and things that we need to purchase to make us right. And I think that the, at the very core of what I'm hoping people get is if they, if they look inward, because the other narrative within our stories that we tell over and over is that narrative of the, you know, the hero's journey where you know, we find out through Star Wars or whatever that the force is within. Similarly, I want them to get that, like that we're so much more resilient and brilliant and powerful beyond what we've been allowed to remember that I hope this film wakes people up to know that not only can we overcome what's happening right now, we will overcome it, but we can create a new system, new worlds, 
not the New World Order. <laughs> I want to be careful with my language. <laughs> but but a, a, you know, new environments that actually work for all people. We have the ability to do that if we just stop following the corrupt leaders. Uh, I don't think it could be said better. Mickey Willis, thank you so much for your time. Thank you again for sharing your passion, your artwork, and your, your drive, not only with us, uh, but with really all of America and the world. Thank you for what you're doing. Ben, thank you so much for being one of the last surviving true journalists out there, not afraid to tell the truth and to stand in the fire. Thank you so much for your courage there, too. Thank you, Mike. <laughs> Mentioned Rockefeller. Rockefeller. His quote, we are on the verge of a global transformation. All we need is the right major crisis and the nations will accept the new world order. David Rockefeller. Now, remember David's quote? We are grateful. This was 1991. We're grateful to the Washington Post, the New York Times, Time Magazine, and other great publications whose directors have attended our meetings and respected their promises of discretion for almost 40 years. In other words, for non-reporting and your silence. He went on to say it would have been impossible for us to develop our plan for the world if we'd been subjected to the lights of publicity for all those years. But the world is more sophisticated and prepared to march toward a world government. The supranational sovereignty of the intellectual elite and world bankers is surely preferable to the national auto-determination practiced in past centuries. Wow. One shot at a time. You are tuned in to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Visit our website by going to republicbroadcasting.org. Homeowners, if your lender has gone out of business or sold your transaction to another lender or servicer, you may be the victim of a wrongful foreclosure resulting in the loss of your home. If you've already lost your home, are in foreclosure, or even in good standing, you can challenge the mortgage transaction's illegal issue and your property can be restored to you. And your foreclosure can be stopped or reversed and the mortgage transaction declared unenforceable. State laws, U.S. title codes, the Uniform Commercial Codes, and U.S. Supreme Court rulings have upheld that defective mortgage documentations can reverse or stop foreclosures and enforce property title claims in favor of the homeowner. We are having successes in stopping the process of foreclosure, the enforcement of the foreclosure judgments, the sale of property, and evictions after the sale. We are not attorneys, and we don't give legal advice. We are a professional team of legal researchers, providing forensic mortgage audits and expert witnesses. We have the knowledge to produce the evidence and enforce laws regarding your legal issues. We've been in business for 12 years without a complaint. Consultations are free, and we provide a free title search to confirm if your mortgage has legal defects. Please call 855-253-3748. 855-2-KEEP-IT-TODAY. What would you say if I told you we have a new tool that will increase production and lower maintenance costs for your meat processing company, and it would pay for itself in just six weeks? When pigs fly! The new Ease-Off Model EZ4 replaces old spring-style carcass droppers and is faster, safer, and more reliable. The Ease-Off lowers or lifts 1,000 pounds to or from your rail automatically using our remote control. Sounds expensive. Can I afford it? Can you afford not to try the Ease-Off? 
It installs fast with just three bolts in place of your current dropper. The effortless operation will reduce fatigue and injuries, speed up your line, eliminate downtime, and increase profit. How can I order my EaseOff? Go to EaseOff.com, E-A-Z-E-O-F-F.com. And hurry, because we are offering $200 off on the new Easy 4 for a limited time. EaseOff.com. We make pigs fly. Cows, too. Ease Off LLC. Summersville, Missouri. 417-932-6419. Extend your life with Extendivite. Extendivite really works. Here are some reviews from Amazon.com. John Hess, 5 out of 5 stars. Awesome. Probably my only review, but at age 40, I was getting bad heart throb and left arm pain mainly before bed. I even stopped smoking and drinking sodas for a month, and that didn't work. After one day of taking Extendivite, it was gone and hasn't returned in three years. I've ordered Extendivite 13 times, so Amazon just said. Juliet Hordick. I've ordered this product before in liquid form. It is fantastic. My whole family's been on it. To order, call 1-877-928-8822. That's 1-877-928-8822. Or visit our website at heartdrop.com. Extend your life with How to find in the morning papers is how to find in the magazines. It doesn't matter what show you tune in, it's how to find on TV screen, but it's on talk radio. Truth is on talk radio. Turn it back by the way the um conspiracy theory you know i noticed that term back in the 90s and i'd seen it before but it wasn't used heavily now when it was starting to be really utilized is when people started to figure out that wait a minute I've been asleep too long. I just dropped in to see what my condition my condition was in, and, and it's not so great. Let's take a peek into the past as to how our government is formed, what is the Constitution, and what is not constitutional. And a lot of people did a lot of research on the court systems, on the IRS, on the banking system. On the, the list is endless, ladies and gentlemen, as is the list with the agencies causing us so much grief and expense. So, what did our vaunted CIA do? You know, uh, they're pretty creative people. This was actually obtained in September 1976 on a FOIA, Freedom of Information Act. And it spells out the CIA come up with this term and why. It was to counter the criticism of the Warren Report. (laughs) Who would ever want to question those good people? And the CIA actually wrote, Our concern from the day of President Kennedy's assassination 
and from time period onward, there has been speculation about the responsibility for his murder. Although this was stemmed for a time by the Warren Commission report, which actually appeared at the end of September of 1964, various writers have now had the time to scan the Commission's published report and documents for new pretexts for questioning. And there has been a new wave of, uh, wave of books and articles criticizing the Commission's findings. In most cases, the critics have speculated as to the existence of some kind of conspiracy. And often they have implied that the Commission itself was involved. No. There wasn't a whole list of people that they didn't call. <laughs> no. There was nothing like that going on. Presumably, they went on to say, as a result of the increasing challenge to the Warren Commission's report, a public opinion poll recently indicated that 46% of the American public did not think that Oswald acted alone, while more than half of those polled thought that the commission had left some questions unresolved. Doubtless polls abroad would show similar or possibly more adverse results. This trend of opinion is a matter of concern to the U.S. government, including our organization. The members of the Warren Commission were naturally chosen for their integrity, experience, and prominence. They represented both major parties, and they and their staffs were deliberately drawn from all sections of the country. Just because of the standing of the commissioners, efforts to impugn their rectitude and wisdom tend to cast doubt on the whole leadership of American society. President Johnson himself, as one of the persons who might be said to have benefited, was in some way responsible for the assassination. Innuendo of such seriousness affects not only the individual concern, but also the whole reputation of the American government. Our organization itself is directly involved. Among other facts, we contributed information to the investigation. Conspiracy theories have frequently thrown suspicion on our organization. For example, by falsely alleging that Lee Harvey Oswald worked for us. The aim of this dispatch is to provide material for countering and discrediting the claims of conspiracy theorists so as to inhibit the circulation of such claims in other countries. Background information is supplied in a classified section and a number of unclassified attachments. That was classified as secret. Uh, with a note on there, uh, destroy when no longer needed. In other words, when you read it, destroy it. So their third recommendation here, action. We do not recommend that discussion of the assassination question be initiated where it is not already taking place. Where discussion is active, however, addressees are requested, I'm sorry, and then it goes on, that was the end of the FOIA report. Conspiracy theory. Yeah, the CIA, no. CIA never, no. They're not out there toppling governments. They're not out there starting wars. They're not in and mixing it up in other cultures to turn people against people to flip the established government. No, they never do anything like that. In 1953, they had absolutely no hand in throwing Mosaddegh out of um, Iran. No, they did not a damn thing to do with that. The Ayatollah was not put in there to help start this oil bourse, you know, that all petrol is sold in dollars. You know, they figured they needed something to back up the American currency because it sure as heck wasn't backed by anything precious, that's for sure. So 
I mean, where has it come in all these years? <laughs> 55, 60 years? Yeah. There is a Laodiceans, the BioLogos Foundation. This is a coalition of more than 27 high-profile evangelicals spanning the fields of science and religion have signed on to a statement. You know, I hope they believe in heaven and hell. I, I really do. Because being the liars that you are, yeah, you might be going there. Forever and ever. Amen. They signed down to the statement build a Christian statement on science for pandemic times, which warns against the politicization of the new coronavirus and urges uh, the Christians to take appropriate action against it, including taking the vaccine when it's ready. BioLogos was founded by U.S. National Institute of Health Director Francis Collins, a devout Christian geneticist, and his wife to foster discussions about the harmony between science and biblical faith. That's up and to including getting injected with vaccines that very well may kill you. I'm just saying. By the way, um, oh, let me squeeze this in here real quick. I've been mailed several census forms that came to my house. I have not filled out any of them. And yesterday, I went home to find out a little card that was rolled up and stuck in my door handle. And it's the 2020census.gov. I went to the site to actually see what the, because I didn't fill the doggone thing out. You know, it wasn't, Mike, wasn't the intention of the census is to find out the population and how many people in each household. That was it. Well, they've got a whole list here. Now, the first part, pretty much to the original intent of the census, um, uh, before you answer question one, count the people living in a house, apartment, or mobile home using our guidelines. Count all people, including babies, who live and sleep here most of the time. The census must also include people without a permanent place to live. If someone who does not have a permanent place to live is staying here on April 1st, count that person. The Census Bureau also conducts counts in institutions and other places. Uh, how many people were living or staying in this house or apartment or mobile home on April 1st, 2020. Where Were there any additional people staying here on April 1st? Is this house, apartment, or mobile home, Mark 1, owned by you or someone in the household with a mortgage or a loan, including home equity loans? I don't know why they're asking that, but it gets better. Uh, uh, please answer both questions about Hispanic origin and about race. I'm sorry, isn't, isn't that against federal to, you know, uh, race and creed and religion? All that? I thought that was out of bounds. What is personal, person one's race? and person two, and so on and so forth. A lot of racial questions. 
and how many people are related to this person or that. I'm sure they're going to be, the tracking and tracing clowns are going to be going after this one. Uh, data collection, everything is helpful. So I was, I was quite taken aback by, just, I, I'd never had this happen before, that the city of Round Rock is um, just hot on wanting to get this information. Well, and then I discovered the reason why. In Round Rock, if there's one person, if there's one person that doesn't fill out the census, it costs the city of Round Rock any federal funding at a penalty of $1,500 a year for up to 10 years. So that's $15,000 the government will not give the city of Round Rock 15 grand for one person missing that census. Now I understand while they're shoving this stuff in my door, I don't doubt that they'll be marking my house probably in the future. <laughs> you know, this one can see. You know, he's got to go first. But I, I understood for the first time why they're so hot this time around. I've never... Folks, never in my life have I filled out a census form, ever, and I won't. Now, people tell me that, well, that's a legal part of the federal government. You mean with all your dipping on everybody's information, you can't figure out who's where and where they were born? Yes, you can. <laughs> yes, you can. And for the government prying into, I don't want the government anywhere near me. I don't want them in my mailbox. I don't want them in my house. I don't want any part of it. But that was, you know, I was just thinking about that. I just, you know, why are they so hot on me to fill? Well, 15 grand over 10 years, that's what they're looking for. Double whammy cripples entrepreneurs of all races, lockdowns, riots. It's crushing business. The economic fallout from the senseless shutdown of most businesses in America is beginning to manifest itself. By early May, it was estimated that some 100,000 businesses had permanently collapsed after being forced to close because of fears of the transmission of the SARS-CoV-2 virus. In early April, mainstream reports speculated that an astounding 7.5 million small businesses could disappear forever. Now, when nationwide protests, many involving violence and looting, erupted in this country a couple of months ago, the situation provided the lethal follow-up to the shutdowns. The protests began at the very instant that many areas were starting to partially reopen from the forced shutdown that threw untold millions out of works, uh, or out of work out of their business. Ironically, much of the damage to buildings and property occurred in predominantly black communities with black business owners most impacted. Journalist Tracy, Michael Tracy, writing in The Federalist, interviewed dozens of random African Americans across the country getting their reactions to the Black Lives, uh, black lives Matter protest. The responses were overwhelmingly negative. 
They were almost unanimous in favor of deploying the National Guard to stop the looting and destruction. You think you're getting justice, but you're just tearing up your own community, a black bakery owner in Milwaukee pointed out. Another black citizen in Milwaukee declared, I really don't understand it, because they're saying black lives matter and all this stuff, but man, you're hurting the black community. In hard-hit Minneapolis, residents described how the police were nowhere to be found during the rioting and identified most of the Black Lives Matter rioters as white people. Many of the businesses desecrated by looting, graffiti, and random acts of destruction were owned by Ethiopians, Somalis, Asians, and African Americans. A business owner originally from Sierra Leone, forced to board up his doors and windows like everyone else, told Tracy, I grew up in a war zone, and I've never seen anything like this. The economic toll from the protests cannot be fathomed. Insurance claims from ravaged businesses could easily add up to many billions of dollars. Remember the Rodney King riots in L.A. in 92? which seemed mild in comparison to the present months-long assault on cities across the country, resulted in a staggering three-quarters of a billion dollars in insurance claims, which would be some $1.4 billion in today's dollars. In just the first weekend of rioting this year, looting costs the Americans 20 of the largest metropolitan areas were estimated to exceed an incredible $400 million dollars. It's unknown how many small businesses, many of which have already that were clinging to life support after having been forcefully shut down by the coronavirus mandates, were pushed over the edge by rioters destroying their properties. In early June, Congressional Budget Office informed Congress that the virus alone would cut $8 trillion from gross domestic product over the next decade. Add the impact from the ongoing protests and financial carnage becomes unprecedented. See, that's not being talked about with the DNC, is it? No. No, but they're going to increase your taxes because there's too many rich people out there. The real estate industry was already struggling, like the rest of the economy, from businesses being forced to close and millions becoming unemployed. Economists have found that riots going back to those that followed the 1968 assassination of Martin Luther King Jr. resulted in measurably depressed property values in those areas. Victor Matheson, professor of economics at the College of Holy Cross, described what happened after the 1992 riots in L.A. Economic activity in the area affected didn't return for at least 10 years. If people don't feel safe where their businesses are, then they don't feel a need to rebuild. He projected some $5 billion in lost economic activity over the next 10 years. Now, few politicians and journalists or business leaders have questioned why small mom-and-pop type operations were forced to close their doors because the coronavirus, while large national chains like Walmart and Home Depot, were allowed to continue business as usual. The money allotted to Small Business Administration under the stimulus package ran out in less than two weeks. Partisan bickering prevented more desperately needed funds being allotted. Democrats are blocking additional funding for the popular Paycheck Protection Program. Yeah. Mm -hmm. President Donald Trump tweeted, They are killing small businesses. Stop playing politics. Support refilling PPP now. 
Now, although insurance companies should theoretically pay for most of the damage suffered by businesses from rioting, Representative Omar was planning to introduce federal relief legislation. She said, I am working with my colleagues to create an emergency relief specifically for communities trying to rebuild after social and civil rights crises. Omar declared Minneapolis Mayor Jacob Frey asked President Trump for federal assistance after letting his city burn when he encouraged police to stand down. Now, things were already bleak for small businesses before the disasters of 2020. At least half of the new businesses fail within five years, mergers and outsourcing, have given big corporations every advantage. Will any of the small businesses survive? Not if these clowns continue to do what they're doing. We're not going to survive. We will not survive. Guess what they're going to do in Massachusetts, folks. (laughs) This is from CBS. The state of Massachusetts is going to require that preschool, kindergarten through K-12, and on college campus, you all have to take the vaccine. It's going to be state-mandated. Unless, of course, that you don't live on campus or you're in virtual college or you're a homeschooler. Uh, then you don't. Then you're not required to take the mandated vaccination. And the Australian Prime Minister puts citizens on notice: all will likely undergo mandatory COVID nineteen vaccinations. Aren't you Australians sad that you don't have your guns anymore? They're going to be coming after you with needles. Well, before you could go after them with lead. Now you can't. Now you can just stand by and hurl insults and dirty words at them while they're trying to turn you into a human pincushion. For those fearing that all prior state enforced social distancing and lockdown protocol, which hit a peak in early summer from arresting surfers on empty beaches, to telling people they can't even jog, to police detaining moms from merely letting their children play on taxpayer-bought public playgrounds, would only too easily and hastily transition to a forced vaccination regimen the moment one is rushed out despite safety on the various potential long-term side effects, which, by the way, is not going to include animal testing. Guess what happened with a lot of these vaccines that were developed, ladies and gentlemen? They would test them on dogs, cats, meerkats, and other things. And guess what? The damn things would die almost immediately from what? Heart failure. Deterioration of organs. They'd just drop dead. They'd be alive and breathing one minute. The next minute, they're not so alive and breathing. They're quite dead with rigor mortis setting in. Andy in Texas. Hello, Andy. Well, hey, John. I mean, the last time I talked to you, I told you I was Andy in Texas, but I was in California, the high desert. And, uh, well, it's nice to report that I am back in Texas now. It's a commie, California. I got out of there. 
Um, on the way over, okay, so my boss is a truck driver, and I got one of his truck drivers to give me a ride back over here. And we stopped at several different places. And I want to happily report to people that I didn't wear a mask the entire time, and, of course, truck stopped at truck stops all the time. And everybody there was wearing masks and whatnot. And Mr. Uh, Andy here did not wear a single mask one time. And on another note, nobody said anything to me. And uh, and then I want to happily report to the, uh, the Texan people that once we got in Texas, uh, I noticed every time we stopped for gas and whatnot, several people, I mean, nearly 50% of the people had said this mandatory mask stuff is BS. And, and the... And the establishments that we stopped at, they were not enforcing masks whatsoever. So I end up here where I'm at in Lubbock, Texas, and uh, I've had to go into I, I've, I've gone into four. We're, run, we're running out of time, Andy. We're running out of time. So real quick, I'm just happy to be back in Texas, and I just want to let you know that I think Texas is dealing with this better than anybody else, and I really think that, uh, hey, people, just take your masks off and go do it. Yeah. Have one with you if you have to go in there, but just take your mask off, go do it, and people are going to just let you do it. All right. Appreciate your call, Andy. Your, uh, I had your phone, bad, bad reception. Uh, one quickie here. Michigan College requires students to stay within five miles of campus or face suspension. They're tracking them by uh, apps on phones. Michigan's Albion College is attempting to create a COVID bubble. On its campus, as students return for the fall semester, students are being required to download a smartphone app that tracks their location and ongoing health data to help contain the spread of the virus on campus, according to the Washington Free Beacon. The app will notify the school's administration of a student leaves the campus bubble. For the first and entire first semester, students must stay within the campus's four-and-a-half-mile perimeter or risk temporary suspension. Members of the campus staff, however, are allowed to leave the bubble. The Liberal Arts College is planning to offer only in-person learning when classes resume in September. Students who do not comply with the school's contact tracing program will need to defer the semester. Really. Go to our website, folks. Pull those videos. On this COVID-19 crap, Judy Mikovits, the other doctor, one-hour presentation. Don't be the informational sponge. Let it leak back out. Put it out on your email trees, folks. You never know where this stuff is going to go. Trust me on that one. All right, that'll do it for us today. Back with you tomorrow with the Friday edition of the National Intel Report. We must take the miracle back. Homeowners, are you in foreclosure, expecting to be served with a foreclosure lawsuit, or suspect your lender has coerced you into an illegal mortgage transaction? 
A huge number of mortgages made in the last 10 years have legal issues and are possibly defective. State laws and the U.S. Supreme Court have upheld that defective mortgage documents are grounds for foreclosure defense and for counterclaims in favor of the homeowner. If your mortgage has been sold or assigned since closing the loan, it may be defective and you may be paying the wrong party and the lender may not have standing or the right to foreclose or collect payments under the law. If you would like to know if your mortgage is legal or not or know if you are paying the right party, we can help. Our initial consultations are free of charge. We are not attorneys. We are legal researchers and work closely with experienced lawyers who know how to help you find the evidence to help you keep your home. Call toll-free 1-855-2-KEEP-IT. That's 1-855-2-KEEP-IT today. You're listening to Republic Broadcasting Network because you can handle the truth. Truth, truth, truth.